And now we take you to Evangel Assembly of God in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. I came across a really funny story uh, this week. It was about a man and his ever-nagging wife. Everybody say, ever-nagging. I mean, she just made her husband miserable most of the time, and he thought, well, we're not getting any younger. I'm going to take her with me to Israel. We're going to tour the Holy Land. Well, she made her husband miserable the whole trip. She was nagging. She was complaining. And the day before they were to fly back to the United States, she unexpectedly passed away. He went to a funeral home and was making arrangements and the undertaker said, sir, I can fly your wife's body back to the United States, but it's going to cost $10,000 or we can give her a burial right here in the Holy Land for $500. The man thought about it for a minute and says, I I better ship her body back. And the undertaker said, sir, you would spend $10,000 rather than just spend $500 on a burial right here in the Holy Land? He said, well, sir, if you'll remember 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ of Nazareth lived and, and, and he was crucified right here in this country. And not only was he crucified, but he was placed in a tomb right here in this country. He was, die- he was dead, but after three days, he came back to life, and I just can't chance that. Uh- <laughs> right after service today. Right after service today, we're going to have our next luncheon. It's for everybody that's new to the church, or maybe you've been around here for a long time, but you've never attended a next luncheon. We want you to come. It'll be downstairs right after the service today. We're continuing a series called The Power of Personal Choices, and today we're going to talk about choosing to hear the voice of God, choosing to listen to the voice of of God. See, one of the greatest gifts that God has given you and me is the power of choice. It's not always easy to make decisions, but it is a gift from God because he did not make us robots. He does not pre-program us. He gives us a free will, and we all have the power of choice. And you know what? Life can be blessed by the choices we make, or life can be difficult because of the choices that we make. And I want us to look at 1 Samuel chapter 3, starting at verse 1, and we're going to look at how Samuel chose to listen to the voice of the Lord. 1 Samuel 3 verse 1 says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. Eli was the high priest. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Well, the reason that the word of the Lord was rare in the days of Eli, the priest, and the word, the reason that the word of the Lord, there was no widespread revelation, no prophetic words coming, is because there was sin at the spiritual center of the nation. And, and this sin was actually blocking or quenching or grieving the Holy Spirit of God. And you say, well, what kind of sin was it? Well, Judges chapter 21, verse 25 says that in that day, every man was doing that which was right in his own eyes. They were not, they didn't care what the word of God said. They said, 
We're just going to do what we want to do. There are a lot of people like that today, aren't there? Not only that, but in the church, Eli had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, and they were going to be the high priest after him. He is quite old now. They're getting ready to become the high priest, the, the, the senior pastors of the nation. And Hophni and Phinehas are married men, but the Bible tells us that Hophni and Phinehas were committing adultery with the women who served at the tent of meeting. Not only were they committing adultery, but they were stealing from the offerings that were given to God. And so the Holy Spirit was quenched. There was no widespread revelation during that time. Verse 2, and it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. That's a way of telling us that Eli is a pretty old guy, okay? Verse 3, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was laying lying down, look at that again, before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, the, 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 this lampstand is the golden candlestick that, 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 that was in the most holy place. It had seven, seven actually lamps on it. And every evening those lamps were trimmed and filled with oil and the oil would burn out about 2.30 to 3 a.m. That's what it's telling us. It's setting, verse 3 is actually setting the time of the, the morning before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was. So it was about two or three o'clock in the morning while Samuel was lying down. The Lord called Samuel and he said, and he answered and said, here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. And he says, I did not call you lie down again. And then he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. And he answered, I did not call my son, lie down again. Verse 7, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Samuel is serving in the house of God, but he did not yet know the Lord. Samuel was serving at church, but he did not know the Lord. You know, you can be serving God, but that doesn't mean that you've had an encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Every single person needs an encounter with Almighty God. Somebody say hallelujah. Verse 8, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli, and he says, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, he said, speak for your servant hears. Let, let, let me share with you this morning. I want to share with you three things that every parent needs to do to help their children hear from God. And then I want to just give you some, some keys to hearing from God yourself. Number one, parents, we need to encourage our children to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's what Eli does. Look in verse eight. It says, the Lord called Samuel again. 
verse 8. The Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Verse 9. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. See, every parent, we need to, every mom, every dad, we need to encourage our children to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, pastor, they're just children. I know that. But did you know that that both Joel and later Peter in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, says it shall come to pass in the last days that I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. He says, your young men are going to see visions and your old men are going to dream dreams. See, God delights in speaking to children. He delights. In fact, I'm not so sure that infants, I've been watching Terry's new little baby over here who's having fun. Anyway, I've been watching her and I'm not so sure that, that when she wakes up, I've just watched her laying in her crib. I'm not so sure the angels aren't whispering to her. I'm just not so sure that, 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 that she's not hearing from God. And, 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 and God loves to pour his, he's in the business, hear me now, he's in the business of pouring his spirit out upon flesh. Now reach over and pinch the person next to you. No, don't really do it, but see that's flesh. God loves to pour his spirit out upon all flesh and he especially loves to do it to to, to, to kids. You know, when, 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 when our kids were young, we would have family devotions. We'd read the Bible and we'd pray together. And I would ask them sometimes, I'd say, girls, is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? And you know, sometimes they're just saying, no, dad, we're not hearing a thing. And I get that because I don't always hear the Holy Spirit, but sometimes I do. There are other times I'd say, girls, is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? And Terry would say, Terry, the tender-hearted Terry would say, <laughs> tender-hearted Terry would say, yes, Dad, we need to be more loving. I remember as a boy, as, 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 as a young boy, I had thoughts of being a pastor one day. Now, I didn't know that was from the Holy Spirit. I just thought they were my thoughts. And that's the way it is. Sometimes when the Lord speaks to you, you will get it confused at first. You'll think it's just your thought. Well, I used to think about pastoring a church, and then I began thinking, I don't really want to do that. I want to be a businessman. I want to make a lot of money. You know, my dad was selling life insurance, and, and we had plans to have a father and son life insurance and real estate business, and that's what I would, that's what I, I wanted to do. See, I didn't understand the voice of the Holy Spirit was whispering to my heart. And when I got to be 17, I had an encounter with Jesus that absolutely changed my life, and I heard down in my heart, see, when the Holy Spirit Spirit speaks to you. He doesn't speak to your head. He doesn't usually speak to your emotions, your mind, will, or emotions. He speaks to your spirit because you're a three-part being. There's the, the, the First Thessalonians 5 verse 23 says, now, now may the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit, your soul, and your body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord. You've got a body, and in your body you have a soul. Your soul's made up of your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect, the way you process information, but then you also have a spirit. See, 
See, the Bible uses the word heart and spirit interchangeably. You've got a spirit, and when you were born again, that's where Jesus came to live. When, when, when you're filled with the Spirit of God, that's where the Holy Spirit comes to dwell. And when God speaks to you, He's not speaking to your head, He's speaking to your heart. He'll speak to your spirit, and this thought will just kind of, kind of trickle up, and you'll realize, hey, that's God, that's the Holy Spirit who's actually speaking to me. And folks, children can hear from the Holy Spirit, but they need encouragement. Number two, children need parents who will teach them to praise God. You say, why is, why is that important, Pastor? I'll tell you why, because Psalms 8 verse 2. Read this aloud with me. Come on, everybody, aloud and loudly. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Look at that. Through the praise of children and through the praise of infants. You've established a stronghold. A stronghold is a fortress. It's a place of protection. It's a place where the enemy can't get to you. What that psalm is saying, when you and I live our lives with our praise on, when you and I live our lives and we give God glory, when you and I live our lives, we say, you know what? Life may be kind of crummy today. I may not like the direction that, that things have headed. I may not like my circumstances. But when you just lift up your head and you look up to heaven and say, God, I'm going to praise you and I'm going to give you glory. You're the glory and lifter of my head. You're bigger than this problem. You're bigger than this heartache. God, you're bigger than this this circumstance. God, I'm going to give you glory and I'm going to give you praise. Let me tell you what you're physically doing. You are running to a fortress. You are running to a stronghold. You are running to a place of, of protection. And look at what it says. Through the praise of children and infants, you've established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and to silence the avenger. Well, one of the ways, one of the ways that you silence your foe is through worship. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Be alert, Peter says, be of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking, looking for someone to devour, resist him, standing firm in the faith. He didn't say that the devil is a lion. He's like a lion. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Okay. But the devil works by bluff and by manipulation and by deceit and control. And he will try to turn you every which way but loose. And he will come like a mighty roaring lion. He loves to intimidate. He loves to threaten. And the Bible says that you and I can resist him standing firm in the faith. Well, one of the ways that you resist the devil standing firm in the faith is giving God glory and giving God praise. Lord, yours is the honor. Yours is the glory. Yours is the power. Yours is the wisdom. Yours is the kingdom. It's all about you, Jesus. You're the reigning monarch of the universe. I give you glory. I turn my heart towards you, and I give you praise. And I'm going to tell you something. The devil hates that. He'll start running away. Glory to God. Number three, every child needs a parent who will teach them to love God completely with all their heart. Matthew 22, verse 37, Jesus replied, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your 
mine. And folks, we know that's what young Samuel learned to do. He, he fell in love with God. He wanted to serve him. Look over at, at verses 19 and 20 of this chapter. Verses 19 and 20. So Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all from Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Everybody look at me. We've got children and we've got grandchildren. Some of you even have great grandchildren. And I'm telling you, the days may be getting darker, but God has got significant and big plans for your kids. He's got big plans. He's got big plans. He's going to call some to be prophets and evangelists. He's going to call some to be prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers and, and, and workers in ministry. He's going to come, he's going to call some to, to, to get involved in government and some to be involved in business and some to be involved in education and some to be involved in the arts. But God has got big plans. So here's what I'm saying. Teach your kids to listen to the voice of the Spirit of God. See, one of the greatest decisions you can make is you say, I'm going to listen to what the Spirit of God has to say to me. Now, let me share with you three keys for you hearing God's voice. Here's the first key. Number one, meditating on and reading God's Word will tune your heart to the voice of the Lord. When you go to the Word of God, You'll read the word, if you'll meditate in it, and then and you'll just close your eyes. It will tune your heart to the voice of the Holy Spirit. See, if any man in the Old Testament, if any leader needed to hear God's voice, it was a man named Joshua. Because he, Moses had died, here's Joshua. Moses, the man that part of the Red Sea, was gone. Moses, the man that, 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 that hit the rock with his staff, and water came out, he's gone. Roses, the man who prayed and God sent manna and sent quail, he's gone. And all that's left is little Joshua. Now Joshua has to take over a million people and cross the Jordan River and take the promised land. And God said to Joshua, chapter 1, verse 8, he says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. How many of you want to be prosperous? Come on, how many of you want to have good success? He tells us how. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Hallelujah. Number two, recognize that the Holy Spirit wants to have fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. He wants to have fellowship with you. That's what it says over in 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. It says, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Now, saints, fellowship is more than just two fellows in a ship. Fellowship is partnership. It's companionship. It's communion. It's connecting with somebody else. And the Holy Spirit of God wants to have fellowship with you. You say, well, how in the world do I have fellowship 
with the Holy Spirit. Well, every time you read the Bible, you're having fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Every time you meditate on God's Word, you're having fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Every time you pray, you're having fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Every time you worship, you're having fellowship with the Holy Spirit. One of the things I love about worship See, I always try to get in here. It takes me a while sometimes to get through the foyer, but I always try to get in here at the start of worship because I don't want to miss it. Sometimes I'm just a little late because because I've had to attend to something, but I want to be here because one of the best ways to pray is to sing. Oh, I'll try it over here. One of the best ways to pray is to sing and to give God's glory. Paul says, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And see, one of the ways that you have fellowship with the Holy Ghost is when you worship God, when you praise God, when you sing. Come on. You're not having fellowship with the Holy Spirit when you're... I will run this race with a reckless faith, never turning back. I am not afraid. Your love is unshakable. No, man, you got to get into it. You know, David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. I want everything inside me to get involved. I will run this race with a reckless faith. Let me get... Dave, come here. This is David Bruce Stallings. Didn't you love the way he was wailing away on his sax this morning? It sounded great, didn't it? I looked at him playing his sax, and I thought to myself, see, last Sunday he couldn't be here because he was in Tallahassee Memorial Hospital ICU. David had suffered a, a, a small stroke, but he didn't let it stop him. He didn't let it stop him from giving God glory. Hallelujah. 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 Woo. God, we thank you for Brother David, and we pray that he would never, ever, 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 ever have any more cardiovascular issues, no more strokes, no heart conditions, no problems there in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, God, we just bless Brother Dave. We bless him in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Woo. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Love you, man. Is the Lord saying anything to you? It's a new beginning. That's what you hear in your heart. It's a new beginning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. In your mind's eye, I want you to see Paul and Silas. Luke and Timothy are with them, but they're in Philippi. 
And there's been this demon-possessed slave girl who, 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 who is following them around the city saying, these men are, are, are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. She's mocking them. That's what that demon spirit was doing through this lady, mocking them. And Paul turns to her and says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, demon come out of this girl. The Bible says she got set free. Well, then she was no longer had this spirit of divination about her. She couldn't bring her masters any money. So they have Paul and Silas locked up. Economic discrimination. They're locked up. They go into this, this Philippian prison. How many of you know there was no American Civil Liberties Union back then? There's nobody looking out for prisoner rights. I bet it was a hell hole. I bet there was sewage running all around their ankles. I bet there were rats and there were, there were, there were, there were scorpions and, and roaches all over the place. Do you feel that? I saw that. <laughs> it was horrible. And they take them and they strip their clothes from them and they take rods and they beat them. With rods, they might have broken some ribs. And then they put them in the stockade. And the stockade was made to hurt them, to hurt their feet. And I don't know how long they lay there with their backs bloodied and bruised and ribs broken. And Paul and Silas are, are, are we're saying, I, I, can, I can just see Silas saying to Paul, Paul, you had that vision of the man of Macedonia saying, come over here and help us. Is this what you saw too? Did you see us getting arrested and beat up and left in this, this terrible condition? And I don't know how Paul responded, but the Bible says at midnight... The Bible says at midnight, see the midnight hour comes and it's not always good. The midnight hour comes and the devil will torment you. The midnight hour will come and you'll be miserable. The Bible says at midnight they begin to sing praises to God and the prisoners listen to them. Dear ones, I'm telling you that it's so important that you and I give praises to God because other people are listening. Other people are watching your life. You're the only Bible that a whole lot of people are going to ever read. And at midnight, they begin to praise God. Now, we know God sent an earthquake. We know that the Philippian jailer and his household got saved. We know that the Philippian jailer dressed their wounds. They didn't know God was going to send an earthquake. They didn't know how this thing was going to work out. All they did is they knew they had to put their faith in an unshakable God because they were in a shakable situation. And their unshakable God began to receive their glory, began to receive their praise. Dear ones, it was simply an act of fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. Oh, he wants our, our fellowship. Glory to God. See, God just loves to hang out with you. He loves to connect with you. See, David understood this. Psalms 25, verses 4 and 5. David said these words. He says, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you're the God of my salvation. On you I wait. 
all day long. I want you to see young David saying, Lord, show me. Would you show me your ways, God? Would you show me? Would you just, would you just show me how you do things? Would you just show me how you act? Would you show me your ways? Would you, would you teach me your paths, Lord? I really want to learn. God, would you lead me in your truth? Would you teach me for you're the God of my salvation? On you I wait all day long. So many of us, our problem is that our pride doesn't want to have to wait. Our pride wants to, we kind of make our prayer requests known to God and then get on with our day. Pride, sometimes we think that we got the answers. I'm not proud of this, but I'll tell you some of the biggest mistakes I've made in ministry have been because I didn't want to wait on God. Something needed to be done, and I'm thinking, well, I'm fairly bright, and I know how to do this, and I, uh, I'm just going to go ahead. And I didn't wait on the Lord, and sometimes you can cause more problems. Let me put it this way. Sometimes I've caused more problems for myself by not waiting on the Lord. You know, you know, in the desert, the children of Israel didn't want to wait on God. They thought they knew it all. They thought they knew what it would take. Let me read this to you. We don't have it on the, on the, um, graphics today, but let me just read this to you. This is Deuteronomy 8.3 for those of you that are, 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 are taking notes. It says, so he humbled you. He allowed you to hunger and he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you to know the man shall not live by bread alone, but by man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. He says, you need to hear from God. And something happens. When I hear the voice of the Lord about a matter, I mean, I can have just, just be having a terrible time and a terrible day, but one word from God, when it speaks, when I, when I hear the word of the Lord in my heart, it makes all the difference in the world. You know, there can be, there can be confusion and frustration, but man, you get a word from God in your heart. Oh, folks, that's, that's usually the way I am about the end of every week is I'm trying to figure out what to preach on. You know, I'm praying and praying. And Kathy will tell you, I can just be a bear until I hear from God. But man, once I hear from God, it's like you just have peace that passes all understanding. And folks, that's true for you too. It's so important that we hear, hear from the Lord. Amen. Here's, here's the third key. If you want to hear from God, cultivate an attitude of expectation. Psalms 5 verse 3 says, In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you, and I wait in expectation. Everybody say expectation. Folks, expectation is placing a demand on the Holy Spirit. If I take a, an electrical cord and plug it in over here to one of these wall outlets, I'm putting a demand on the electricity that's already running. See, the electricity's already running through the electrical lines in the wall. All I'm doing by plugging something in is I'm putting a demand on it. Dear ones, the Holy Spirit's always speaking. I said the Holy Spirit's always ministering. He's always moving. And sometimes we just need God to plug in to the, to, to the current where he is. We need just to hear his word. It's kind of like the fact right now, how many of you have your cell phones? How many of you have them off right now? Okay, or have muted. Okay, yeah. If you don't, just go ahead and mute them. 
there are there are cell phone towers that are sending signals right now all through this room. But if you don't have your phone with you, you're not going to be receiving it. See, there are television stations and there are radio stations that are sending signals through this room right now. But if you don't have a television, if you don't have a radio, you're not going to be able to pick it up. Dear ones, I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit is a 24-7 Holy Spirit. I'm telling you the Holy Spirit is speaking 24-7. But we just need to, 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 to condition our hearts to hear His voice. Now let me point this out. When the devil speaks, the devil speaks condemnation. The devil speaks death. The devil speaks depression. The devil will remind you of every nasty, ugly, bad thing you've ever done. But when the Holy Spirit speaks, he brings conviction of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. That word conviction simply means he convinces us that we need to repent. See, conviction does not condemn you. Folks, if you, th- you say, well, 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 I just heard the Lord and he was really angry with me. He was upset at me. You're not li- hearing the voice of the Holy Ghost. See, the Bible says he who prophesies speaks edification. That means to build up. Speaks edification. Exhortation, which means to encourage. And speaks comfort. When the Holy Ghost speaks, the Holy Ghost is going to speak edification he's going to speak he's going to build you up when the holy ghost speaks he's going to comfort you and he's going to encourage you when the devil speaks the devil's going to condemn you when the devil speaks the devil's going to accuse you the bible says he's the accuser of the brethren the devil will accuse you to yourself or he will accuse others to you he'll accuse you to yourself and he'll remind you of how many times you missed the mark he'll remind you of your failings he'll remind you the devil will try to get you so far down you don't want to get up again the devil will try to get you so far down you just say i'm going to throw in the towel Because he came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But the Holy Ghost is going to encourage you. The Holy Ghost is going to strengthen you. The Holy Ghost is going to help you. He's called the helper. He's going to do for you and me what Jesus would do if Jesus was here in the flesh. But Jesus has already sent it back to the right hand of the Father. And he sent the promised Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is with us this morning. And he's with our missions team that's in Costa Rica. And he's at other churches this morning. And he's with other people. And he's a 24-7 Holy Ghost. And he doesn't take a vacation. And he doesn't take a day off. Somebody say Hallelujah. Glory to God. There are two enemies of expectation. One of them is self-satisfaction, just kind of the attitude. Don't call me, Lord, I'll call you. Don't, don't mess with me now, Jesus. Just wait, if I got a problem, I'll contact you. You know, self-satisfaction will keep you from hearing the voice of God because you don't have a hunger for him. You're not, you're, you're not pursuing him. And, and the second enemy of, expect, of expectation are distractions. Sometimes we allow little trivial things to distract us from the presence of the Lord. We allow, I mean, it's, just, it's so easy to get distracted. You know, uh, Pastor Zach is now handling most of our hospital visitation and, 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 and Pastor Glenn gets involved and Terry and, and I get involved sometimes. And I've noticed that sometimes I'll go to the hospital and I'll, I'll go in a room to see somebody and they'll say, Oh, Pastor, good to see you. But then they turn, turn their attention back to watching Andy Griffith on television. And I'm thinking, well, I, I guess they're glad I'm here, but 
I think Andy and what Aunt B is doing and Opie and Barney, what they're doing is a little more important to them. I think for this moment, it's more important than than getting healed. It's more important than having somebody pray the prayer of faith. It's more, you, you see what I'm saying? It's easy to get distracted, folks. And, and when God speaks to us, it's never complicated. You know, Second Corinthians 11.3, Paul says, but I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. God never intended for this gospel to be complicated. He just wants us to have the heart of a child and in humility say, Lord, I believe. See, see, sometimes when we're, we're saying, God, help me, help me, help me, we're striving for information instead of revelation. We're striving for information and, and, and instead of revelation. You know, um, how many of you, how many of you drive a car? Let me just see your hands. Okay. How many of you could, could, go into a garage and put a car together from scratch. I mean, just put the whole thing together. How many? Let me just see your hands. One, couple of you. You know why? Because the car manufacturers, the engineers have taken something that's very complex and they've made it very, very simple. They said, if you can steer a steering wheel, if you can turn a steering wheel, if you can apply your foot to an accelerator or to a brake, if you can put a car into gear, you can go forward or you can go backward and you can drive an automobile. Now, you don't have to understand what makes it go forward. How many of you really understand what makes a car go forward? Yeah, some of you. How many of you know what makes a car go backwards? You know, a few more. But how many of you have no clue what makes a car go backwards? Let me just be honest. Yeah. How many of you just, but you just go in reverse anyway? Yeah. So you don't have to have it all figured out. Well, folks, I don't know altogether how God made Christ to become the propitiation for our sins. I don't altogether know how the incarnation of Christ works. All I know is that he was wounded for my transgressions and he was bruised for my iniquities and the chastisement of my, my, my peace is upon him and by his stripes I am healed. I, I don't know. I don't know exactly how God saves a sinner. I don't know exactly how God wipes away our sins and regenerates us. I don't know how the Holy Spirit comes to live inside us. What I do know is that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What I do know is that if I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. What I do know is that if I will confess Jesus Christ as Lord, I will be saved. I do know that... As Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. I thank God for Teen Challenge. I thank God that, 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 that Pastor Travis is a member of this congregation. Amen. I don't know how God sets people free from drugs. I don't know how God sets people free from demons. I've cast out a lot of devils. But I don't know exactly how it works, but I'm telling you there's authority and there's power in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There's power in his blood. And sometimes we make hearing from God so complicated. And it's so many times it's because we're asking God for information rather than revelation. Because when God speaks... 
Remember, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he says, to one is given a word of wisdom, to another a word of knowledge. God usually doesn't speak in sentences. He does sometimes, but he usually speaks a word. And that word may be, I got this. Peace. Relax. Smile. Whew. Take a load off. Don't worry. I don't know what he's speaking to you, but it's usually a word and it's not usually a sentence. It's not usually a paragraph and it's not usually a book. You know, I, I love the attitude of Mary. You say, well, 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 pastor, I just get so confused sometimes. Hear this. I love the attitude of Mary. When the angel says, hey, you're going to give birth to the Christ child. And she was like, how? I don't understand. I've never known a man. He says, well, the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you, and that which is conceived in you is, is born of the Most High. I don't think she got that. I don't, I, I don't think for I don't think that little teenage girl understood that at all. All she understood was, I'm going to have a baby, and I, what am I going to say to mom and daddy? But the Bible says that Mary said this, these words. She says, be it unto me according to your word. And she hid these things in her. She pondered these things in her heart. See, there's some, you know, when God speaks to you, you're not going to necessarily understand all the mysteries of the universe. Because God's just going to speak a word. And usually when God speaks to you, it's not going to be an external voice. You know, I've heard the external voice of God one time in my entire life. And even when I heard that, I'm not sure that anybody else could hear it. But I'm going to tell you how God usually speaks to me. I get a nudge down in my heart. I'll be praying about something and I just get a, a knowing down in here and it kind of percolates up. To my understanding. And it took me years to understand that that was the voice of the Holy Spirit and not just my own thought. Let me tell you something. Your own thoughts usually aren't to bless people. Your own thoughts usually are about yourself. It's not about others. And so God speaks in what the Old Testament calls a still, small voice. Everybody say that with me. A still, small voice voice. God doesn't speak to your brain. He doesn't speak to your mind. He doesn't speak to your will. He doesn't speak to your emotions. He speaks to your heart. He speaks to your spirit man. Now, I thank God for people that are that are very intelligent and that have gifted minds. But again, God's going to speak not to our minds, but he speaks to our heart. And here's the deal. You just need to spend time in God's word and then just say, Holy Spirit, I'm just going to wait in your presence. On you, I'm just going to wait in expectation. And God will speak to you. Here, here's, here's what I've learned. Many times when I'm waiting in the presence of the Lord and he starts speaking to me, he's not, I will ask him specific things. What, what about this, Lord? And what about that? Many times the Lord just silent about those things. But the Lord will speak to me and suddenly I find myself praying for somebody. I'll find myself getting a burden in my heart, and I realize that I'm supposed to call that person, and I'm supposed to encourage them. I'm supposed to check on them. I'm supposed to bless them. So many times, you know, uh, so many times I'm praying, and I'll, I'll see myself praying for a certain person. In fact, yesterday as I was, I was praying about this service, I saw us praying for the, for, 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 for moms, with moms and dads and with grandparents who have got prodigal children. 
If you've got prodigal children, if you've got children that have walked away from God, we're going to pray for them today because I really believe God's getting ready to bring some children home. I really believe that with all my heart. I, I believe today we're supposed to pray for some people who, who you just feel like you're in a deep, dark hole. You just feel like you're in an impossible situation. All hope is gone. And I just want to remind you that it's Christ who is in you, who is the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The enemy may wage war against your soul, but you can stand up in the mighty name of Jesus and say, I've got authority over you, Mr. Devil. Glory to God. Glory to God. I believe we're to pray for people today who want to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Who, 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 you know, Jesus didn't say, out of your head is going to flow rivers of living water. He says, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. He wants to fill every one of us with his Spirit. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.